realize I would be first, I had hoped to write a lecture during the first speech. <laughs> but I think I can fake it. It's only 10 minutes. Uh, you left out one of the most important tools besides pencils and papers uh, we theoretical physicists use students, graduate students, <laughs> who actually do all the work. Now, uh, let me try in a few brief moments not to describe my uh, own biography, how I graduated the Bronx High School of Science in New York City and all those things. Let me try instead to uh, condense the subject of elementary particle physics into a brief five-minute course. <laughs> Uh, some of you have read the New York Times or other newspapers uh, and discovered that the top quark had been found at CERN a few days ago. Now, what does that mean? What is the top quark? I don't think it helps very much to say uh, that some five or six years ago, more, ten years ago, the bottom quark was discovered in Batavia, Illinois. <laughs> uh, that, at that time, it got its name, the bottom quark, some other people called it the beauty quark. Other people who called the bottom quark the bottom quark uh, said that there had to be another quark called the top quark. Other people who called the bottom quark the, uh, the beauty quark insisted on the existence of a truth quark, also beginning with T. Uh, I christened the bottom quark the bicentennial quark since it was discovered in 1976 in this country. 200th anniversary of the nation, and therefore the uh, remaining quark was to be the tricentennial quark. <laughs> I was very surprised to read that it was discovered just now, eight years after the bicentennial. <laughs> when I graduated high school in 1950, uh, there were no such things as quarks. Uh, if there were, if the idea of a quark had been invented back then, uh, then the totality of known elementary particles in those days would have been about five. Today, uh, the magic number is 17. There are 17 fundamental particles in nature, according to our theory. Six of them are quarks. For example, the carbon atom, a familiar atom to those of us who were alive. is made of 18 up quarks, 18 down quarks, and six electrons. In the search for the ultimate constituents of matter, perhaps, I say perhaps, for we never know absolute truth in science, we've come to the end. The carbon atom is made simply of up and down quarks and electrons. But it turns out that some years ago, elementary particle physics made the great step sideways. <laughs> we discovered that there are particles in nature which seem, at least to our simple-minded theories, to have nothing to do with the constituents of the matter that we find about us. There are particles, very evanescent, short-lived particles, difficult to manufacture, particles that can only be made at large particle accelerators, like the top quark and the bottom quark. The first of these particles is a particle called the muon, uh, after the Greek letter mu. Uh, it was discovered in 1938, uh, when it was realized that it was nothing more interesting than an exceedingly heavy electron and had no practical purpose whatever, uh, a very famous physicist uh, said of this particle, and you have to understand that physicists usually order, uh, usually take lunch at Chinese restaurants, said, who ordered that? 
for it turns out that this is a particle that has no evident role in nature. Uh, of the 17 particles that exist in nature, six quarks, the electron, the electron's heavy brother, the muon, uh, the muon's very heavy brother, uh, the tau lepton, discovered incidentally in this country in the 1970s, uh, three neutrinos. Neutrinos are particles that fall upon us rather like rain. There are 10 billion, billion neutrinos going through my pinky nail every second, day and night, coming from the sun. They're fairly harmless. Uh, Jane Fonda... <laughs> Jane Fonda would not dare to ban neutrinos. She might try to ban radioactivity, in which case Columbus could never have found America. But that's another story for later. <laughs> when I entered school, there were five of these fundamental particles known. In the course of last year, the W particle was discovered. You all say, what's the W particle? You should read the New York Times. So also was the Z particle discovered. A few years behind, gluons were discovered. Of the 17 fundamental particles today, 16 have been found. So there's something left if you're going to become a physicist. You can find the 17th particle. But much more likely than that, these arrogant remarks that I'm making are wrong. The particles that we call fundamental today are probably not so fundamental as we think. There is probably another level of the onion to be discovered not by me, but by you. Uh, there will be future accelerators. There will be future radio telescopes. There will be, much more important than either of those, future scientists who will uh, tell us years from now that the fundamental particles in the world are... But of course I don't know. <laughs> I think... You see, what you have to understand, you 370 brilliant high school students, is one very simple fact, that the world, the entire world, is owned by people like us, me, not by you. Uh, your teachers are your natural enemies because you are going to grow up to take over their jobs and their professions, <laughs> to replace them, to show that my theories are wrong and your theories are better. My advice to you is never to lose this. You can be friendly with your professors. You can give apples to your teachers. But remember deep down in your heart that they are your most deadly enemy. <laughs> Thank you. I was wondering just how it is that uh, if there weren't to have been radioactivity, Columbus wouldn't have discovered America. <laughs> well, it's not a very long story, but uh, why did Columbus discover America? There was a tremendous explosion of uh, maritime discovery uh, beginning in the, the early 1400s culminating perhaps in the discovery of this country by Columbus, or the rediscovery, if you wish to be precise. Uh, the reason for this explosion was the development, was to a large extent the development of the compass, something which had the magnetic compass, which had been invented years before by the Chinese, had finally made its way to the Western world 
had been improved by Spanish and Portuguese scientists and had become an important instrument of navigation. Now, the compass, the, the magnetic compass, is based upon the fact that the Earth uh, is magnetic. Now, the Earth is magnetic. Uh, be, uh, the, 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 the Earth's magnetism probably depends on the fact that the Earth's core is still hot and molten. If it were not hot and molten, the geomagnetic dynamo, which powers the magnetic field, which makes compasses work, could not possibly have existed. Now, if there were no radioactivity, the main source of heat in the interior of the Earth is radioactivity. If there were no radioactivity, the core of the Earth would have solidified billions of years ago, and the magnetic field of the Earth would have been extinguished. There would have been no such thing as a magnetic compass. More than that, the radioactivity of space, cosmic rays which fall upon Earth and are craftily deflected by its magnetic field so that they are not dangerous to human life, would, be, would, be, would fall on us unaffected and we should be all exposed to an enormous amount of external radioactivity of a kind, of a, not a radioactivity, but these devilish particles that come and hit us and cause us trouble. So the fundamental radioactivity of the Earth has kept its magnetic field alive and permitted Columbus to discover this country so that we could celebrate its bicentennial by discovering the fifth quark eight years ago. Thank you. <laughs>